Attention men, are you wanting to break free from porn or other unwanted sexual behaviors, but finding it seemingly impossible to quit? If so, we can help. My name is Jonathan Darty, the founder of Gateway to Freedom. This three-day workshop is for any man who wants to overcome any kind of unwanted sexual behavior. So whether you're married, single, or divorced, this powerful and proven intensive weekend will help you uncover what is at the root of your struggle and discover the man God always created you to be. Space is limited, so call us today at 210-822-8201 to register. That's 210-822-8201 or visit bebroken.org slash gtf. Good day, listeners and viewers. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio program. We're so glad to have you here with us. My name is Jonathan, and I'm here with Stephen Cervantes. And so, how's it going? I am doing well, except for a little toothache. Oh, yeah. A little root canal coming up. But I'm going to smile and sort of work my way through it. (laughs) Oh, that's the tooth pain is the worst. So, we will pray that that uh, gets done. Amen. And, um, listeners, we are grateful for you. You know, um, we wouldn't be able to do this if there was nobody listening or watching. Um, And so thank you for that. Uh, Thank you for those of you who have uh, told friends about it. Uh, Maybe you've told your pastor or, you know, small group leader or maybe a counselor in your community or maybe you're part of a support group and you've let guys in your group know about the podcast. We just we love hearing stories where people have shared this uh, program with other people because it was benefiting them. And so we just want to say thank you. Thank you for thank you your support. Thank you for your financial giving. Thank you to those of you who have rated and reviewed the podcast. Please do that. If you found this helpful, that's an easy, simple way for, uh, uh, it helps the ranking of our podcast. So when people are looking for this kind of program, it allows our podcast to come up a little higher in the ranking. So uh, you can do all of that through our website at puresexradio.com. And Stephen, today we're going to talk about a subject that I think is going to be uh, very appropriate for the times that we're living in. Okay. Now, now you're going to have to let me know how this necessarily applies to our ministry, or if this is maybe like a little sidebar conversation, because essentially you're wanting to talk about being unoffendable. Unoffendable. Some of you may be familiar with the book by uh, Brant. Hansen, um, putting this up here for our viewers. It's called Unoffendable, How Just One Change Can Make All of Life Better. So let me ask you this question. If you decided, no matter what your your wife said or did today, starting today, you would not be offended. No matter what she said, when she was upset, when life was hard, when things were emotional, you would not be offended. Do you think that would have an impact on you? I think it could, for sure. Now, I would want, me being the pedantic person that I am, I would want you to define offended. Okay. So we'll go, we'll launch. I just wanted to answer the question you asked me. <laughs> what does this have to do with anything? Because so, to me, there's a difference between like offended or uh, disagree, hurt, you know, those kind of things. But 
Okay, so at the end, you get to tell us, okay, if this has any application in, in your life or in the life of anybody working on emotional growth or sexual integrity. Yeah. So somebody told me about the book. I picked it up. I started reading it. I enjoyed it. It's pretty lighthearted. He bounces around on different topics. But he's a radio personality, and he's involved with social media. And at one point in the book, he says, people would say negative things about me and the program. And they were offended that I didn't say the right thing at the right time. They were listening from 7 to 8, and I made an announcement at 9 o'clock. They got upset. I mean, they were just... There were all kinds of reasons to to be mad at me. And he said, I'd go home some nights and I'd, I'd write a whole paragraph. I'd spend hours and then I'd read it later and think, no, I can't send it. I'd write another paragraph. Man, I would just ruin days of my life trying to come, come up with the perfect response. And then he said this statement, I'm not going to let anyone offend me. No matter what, I'm not going to let you offend me. I just refuse to be offended by what you say. And some people say, well, what about righteous indignation or anger, righteous, you know, fighting back? It's like, oh, Jesus said, Father, forgive them. Mm -hmm. They're human beings. Forgive them. So he said. And by the way, think about the exact moment that Jesus said, Father, forgive them. That's right? right. On the cross. On the cross. When he could have been offended. Well, he was being offended by like a he, few things. He, he could have. Yeah, he's being rejected and he was being ridiculed. But he and, said, I abandoned my right to be angry and I give up my right to be upset and I'm not entitled to throw a big fit and I forgive you and I will not be offended by you. What do you think? It's almost like a creed. Okay. Right? Okay. It's almost like it's it's something that you would want to have written on a three by five index card uh. and put on the mirror of your bathroom. Like I I'm gonna have to sort of recite this for a while, <laughs> maybe even every day, maybe multiple times throughout the day, because I think this isn't something that you just flip a switch on. No, absolutely not. And I thought this was a proclamation. Yeah. I refuse. I lay down my right. If you want to offend me, I will not defend myself. You can say and do whatever you want, but I'm, but but that'll be about you, and I'm not taking it as an offense. So let's just keep going. Mm-hmm. He said, you can see people in wonderful new ways if you're not offended by them. You can treat everyone the same with love. You can see all kinds of possibilities. I can see who you are. If I'm not defending me or fighting you back or thinking about what I'm going to say or breaking apart your argument, if I just get to the point where I just refuse to be offended. Yeah, because as you're saying that, I'm thinking, you know, I think a lot of uh, being offended is about control. Okay. Right? So let's say let's say you say something <clears throat> to me that yeah. is you don't like something about me. For me to get offended, it, it's not to ignore the reality of maybe what my emotions feel in that. Right. I mean, I might be upset. I might be hurt. Sure, yeah, you know? absolutely. But to be offended is to try to essentially say, I want to change your view. I want to ensure that you see me the way I want you to see me. 
And that's about control. And it's like, it's trying to control something that's out of my control. Yeah. And so I like what he's saying here. He's saying, no, I'm choosing to actually look at what I can control. Mm. And what I can control is how I'm going to respond to whatever you're trying to say that you don't like about me. It, it, it is such a foreign concept to refuse to be offended, but there's tremendous freedom in it. Because mm-hmm. I was having a good day. You decided to point out a flaw. Okay, I'm going to have a good day. If that's how you want to spend your day, pointing out flaws of people, okay. You can tell me anything you want to tell me. If you want to tell me something bad about me, okay. But I'm not going to be offended, meaning I'm not going to take it on myself and make it my battle and take it in and get all messed up. I, I, I thought, can you do this? Yeah. Is this possible? Is this a joke? Yeah, because you know, there's part a... of me that looks at this and says, this feels simplistic. It feels uh, kind of, um, uh, it's too fanciful. <laughs> like it's, it's a dream, <laughs> right. you know? Because, uh, and I'm not trying to conflate the two here, but... In some ways, isn't that the way a lot of people respond to the gospel? Grace, we I mean, that's simplistic. That is too fanciful. That's too much of a dream. Yeah. That's not possible. And so I think some people, in the same way that they try to say, how does this whole gospel thing apply to my real life, my daily life? Yeah. I think I could look at this and go, how has this actually worked out in the real world, in <laughs> on social media, well, we're on, in relationships? <laughs> okay, you know? so keep listening. And we, I know, I know. We might I answer always get a ahead. few problems here that— you know, but being disappointed can be a way of life. Some people walk around disappointed, yeah, and then they can dump their disappointment on you and invite you to engage them on their disappointment level. He said, "I just decided to quit being offended. You got a disappointment? Okay, talk to the God. I'm not the God. You looking for perfection? Don't be looking at me. If you want to take this as a mm-hmm. a problem." I wrote this line myself. I said, look, I'm a mess and you're a mess. Okay, so can we just get over this? You need to tell me what's wrong all the time and I got to fight you and disprove you. It's like, if you want to spend your life telling people what's wrong, fine. But I'm not going to engage that. I don't need to engage that. I don't need to defend myself. Uh, He says people can be so judgmental and self-righteous. And do you want to practice anger, or you want to practice gratitude. Now, they're practicing judgment and their own self-righteousness. They think it's their job to point out your flaw. And don't you see how right and good they are because they can point out how flawed you are? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff here. I'm thinking kind of through this, how it even applies sometimes in in our ministry. Take like, let's say, a support group, for example. Sometimes a support group can grow very dysfunctional Mm-hmm. When you have an answer man, oh right, in the support group, right? Yes, because hey, and usually he, it's his first time to come to the group that he's given everybody <laughs> the answers, right? <laughs> and what that true. can look like is like, oh, well, uh, you just need to do this, and you need to do that, and you, you're not doing that well enough, and I can't believe you said, you know, yeah, and you know, it's like, yeah, that's that is not helpful. That, like you said, it's 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 highlighting. In some ways, it's more highlighting their brokenness than anything they're pointing out in anybody in else. In somebody else, the fact that they have this little routine, they have to go around. Because it's like, you say, seem to have a compulsion yeah. that you need to correct everyone, yeah. that you need to make sure. And um, 
And yeah. so you, then you have to decide, is that guy going to annoy me? Because he's going to have an answer. Well, I think you know, about I think about a recent program that we did where you, you gave that little axiom like, um, whatever you say is all about you. That's right. Wasn't well, that what's going on here? That's exactly right. Whatever, when they open their mouth, a little bit of you is thrown in because they'll say, you know, your name. Yeah. But the, the they're offense, really exposing everything about uh, themselves. Their offense, yeah. their thought process, the words they picked, the incident they picked to jump on. You think about, you encounter someone else. They could say 10 things immediately. I enjoy the moment. I enjoy what you said. I, I enjoy you. Let's just laugh. You could do 10 things, but this person decides. I'm going to point out your flaws. Well, and, you know, I have to admit, since you said that in a previous program, uh, it's it's really convicting me about opening my mouth to say anything. <laughs> because then i realized yeah you know actually wow that's convicting you know because if i were to then say something to my wife or to my kids or to you know my neighbor or whatever am i am i really actually seeking the help or am i saying more about myself you know what i mean so Uh, and maybe we can get to this at some point maybe maybe it's not part of the conversation but when i say something to my kids when i say something you lost me i look at it this way uh something that's confusing a little bit about this and maybe we'll get to it is how do you delineate the difference between um authentic correction and somebody being judgmental and self-righteous you know what i mean yeah 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 yeah. because yeah. i don't want i don't this doesn't seem to me like and i'm i i haven't read the book um so maybe you can tell me but i i don't believe that this would be something where this guy is saying hey guess what i don't care what anybody says to me because i'm not going to be offended well that doesn't mean he can't be corrected right or give feedback say yeah. i would say you know the last three times we've talked you you're sort of pointing out my flaws and so i just need you to know what's going on. i mean i i might be reflective to someone if they wanted to learn about themselves but most most of the time when people coming at you they're not open-minded and they're not going well i really know what i'm talking you. about is the person i'm talking about the person who's saying i'm not going to be offended yes how does that person receive correction because sometimes if somebody's coming, like, it, you're my friend. Okay, but if, correction is different than an offense. Okay. Right? Because if you put in correction, it already means you're open mind, open hearted, and, and pliable. Offense means I'm fixed and I'm, I'm ready to fight. Okay. That, that's how I'd make that shift because it, we got to take feedback and people do tell us it. But, but oftentimes people don't come in a spirit and a love and then you have to, and, and you get offended, right? They might make you uncomfortable. You go, ah, it's awkward. Ugh, I'm going to hate to see that, right? But you didn't come. Yeah, I guess I still, I, think there's a, I still think there's a blurry line there in terms of being able to determine whether or not somebody is coming. And, and I'm going to say that's something where I'm realizing I'm not going to be offended or that's something that, oh, I need to take a look at that and realize that that needs, that needs to be worked on. Right. Well, one would just go right in. The other one would, you know, cause you to sit up and go, why, why are you using that tone on me? Right. An offense has to come because a violation occurred. Yeah. But when you give me information and say, hey, you should open your door at eight o'clock instead of nine o'clock. It's like, am I going to be offended? No, that's information. Right. So yeah. I sort of put that in one category. 
But let's just go on because he says grace is amazing and Jesus' love can break through our hearts when we want to defend. Um, he says some people desperately need to let others know how wrong they are or how, and how right I am. And that's the kind of person that I think we're playing with in this scenario. Yeah. And he says God's grace, practice grace on them. They need to show your weakness or how smart they are. They found your flaw, right? When that person comes at you, it's easy to be offended. But I want to tell this story that doesn't have anything to do with what we're doing, but it's it talks about the spirit of this book. Uh, Tony Campalo, do you remember? He's in, he was I remember back in the yeah. 80s yeah. writing books. He was giving talks, going around the country, sociologist, Christian. Right, yeah. And he was up at 3 o'clock in the morning, at a donut shop because he couldn't sleep, time travel, all that kind of stuff. A couple of prostitutes walked in, like three or four. It's three in the morning. And they're over here talking, and he's eating his donut and and uh, listening. And one of them says, girl, it's your birthday tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. And what do you want? I want a cake. Nobody's going to give you a cake. Shut up. you know. And then they leave. Then Kampalo asks the, stone, the, store, the donut shop owner, do these women come in here? Um, every night? He says, oh, yeah, every morning, early in the morning, they're here. So he said, I want to give her a birthday party. So can you make a cake? I'll pay for it. We'll have a party here at 3 o'clock tomorrow because if they'll be here, I'll be here. And uh, <clears throat> and so the the owner of the store told a few other women there were 30 prostitutes that showed up at 3 o'clock in the morning, and they presented this one woman with a cake, and she just burst into tears. She said, I've never had a cake wow. in my life. And they wanted to cut it. And she said, do we have to cut it? Can I take it home? I want to just have it and look at it for a few days, you know? So they ate donuts and they laughed and everybody left. And the store owner asked, oh, and then Kampalo prayed for her. And the store owner said, "Um, oh, I didn't know you were a preacher. He said, I'm not a preacher. He said, where do you go to church? He said, I go to a church that loves prostitutes. He said, if there was a church like that, I'd go to that church. Mm. He said, I don't go to church, but I would go to that church. And and so part of this is that we're offended by how people look. We're uh, offended yeah. by what they do. We're offended. We're Christians. We're clean. But there's a sense of judgment in us and mm. righteousness. And, and so this offense isn't just somebody pointing out your flaws. It goes across the board. What offends you? You know, as you're saying that, I think about how how we how we can rigidly have in our minds how we think life should go, how we think even how we think God should be. And it makes me think about when Christ showed up, the incarnate God mm. showed up and it says essentially that the world that he made didn't recognize him. Mm. Because what had they done for centuries they'd been saying They'd even been studying the word that he had sent to them Mm. and yet coming up with the conclusion that they expected. And so therefore, when Christ shows up, they go, you're not him. In other words, they were pointing out all the flaws in Jesus, right? Mm. And and I should put air quotes around flaws, right? Because he's perfect. He's God. Mm. But what was happening there, right? They were they had a particular idea of what they thought this should look like when yeah. Messiah shows up. Jesus was not fitting any of that, and yet, how did Jesus respond? 
did he take offense? Yeah. No, you you said earlier, he said, Father, forget him. Like when it finally got to the point where they are literally crucifying him, that's the moment when he said, Father, forgive them. The ultimate unoffendable. Unoffendable. Jesus is the ultimate unoffendable. Yeah. You cannot offend me. If I know who I am and what love is, how you act or you dress, my judgment of you, what I think right and wrong is. I think that is that is so powerful. And I think that's something that we need to be reminded of in the church. Yeah. Um, because you're right. I think we can, even today, even after having been given this the, the complete picture of the redemption of God through Jesus, mm. even today in our churches, can't we start narrowing what we think things Absolutely. should look like? And, and I'm guilty of it. I oh, like yeah, me what too. I like, and I don't, and I have a cookie cutter view. And... This gets a little bit back to the idea of sometimes um, uh, our offense comes out of our fears. Yeah, Because if I don't have, you know, I, I can imagine how I might have emotionally reacted at 3 a.m. if prostitutes come into a donut shop where I'm having a donut. I yeah. I commend Tony yeah. for how he responded to that. I might have just said, let this situation just pass yeah. on by and, you know, not do anything about it. Uh, can you love someone without needing to change their behaviors? Mm. Wow. Now, yeah. let that sit for a minute because I think I can hear... I think I can hear some wives struggling oh, wow. with that question. Yeah. It can almost feel hurtful to them to say, I have been loving a man who's not changed his behaviors and I don't know if I can do it anymore. Yeah. And we're not and I don't think we are saying that that means that if somebody doesn't change their behaviors, you have to stay in proximity to them, right? Yes, um, and I mean, I appreciate the population you're speaking to because I'm talking in a big global way, but you're sort of customizing yeah. it to the audience. Because clearly or, we don't yeah. want to have somebody say, oh, stay in an abusive situation or stay no. in, you know, a destructive situation. But I, but I want to control your behavior without being fully in control of my behavior. Right. You know? And don't we see that, though, a lot of times in a, a struggling marriage that's trying to restore Right. And it starts to become a tug of war of who's controlling who, you know. And and some people think, I must be alienated and put off by your sins. But God loves us, and nothing can separate us from that love. God loves. That is just who he is. And the test of love is how you love others. Mm. They will know you are a follower of Christ by your love. That's what John 13 says. And Jesus is using me and my love to change others, mm -hmm. right? So do, do I defend myself? Do I fight against? Or do I say love, love first, love wins, love responds. I forfeit my right to get opposite you and judge you and condemn you because I'm a saved sinner myself. How can I judge you? How can I not love you? How can I be offended by you? Without love, we're just noisy gongs. And this is probably where, though, I, I would want to, again, make that distinction between how we're defining offense. Okay. Because I can think of all my friends out there who we would say they, they rank really high on the justice meter. Okay. 
In other words, you know, we talk about Jesus was full of truth and grace, right? Yeah. 100% of both. I think we lean one direction or the other generally. In other words, I think you have people that lean more towards grace and less towards truth and others that lean more towards truth and less towards grace. So I'm, I'm speaking now of the high truth people, the high justice. Okay. How do you... Uh, how do you address kind of that whole? Because they would they would hear what you just said there and be like, "Hey, man, there's injustice in the world. There's things that need to be, you know, right. spoken out against, and we need to correct people and we need to tell them where, you know, listen, I'm not going to sit by and and and." Um, but, but see, I still separate in my mind the offense, so that the offense is me protecting me versus justice for the underdog or the weak or standing against evil, right? I'm, this is a very personal thing. Mm-hmm. Are you going to be offended and walk around protecting yourself? Because that's what this is about, getting what I want my way yeah. and the world, and I can judge you and I can condemn you, I can withdraw from you, I can do, because I'm offended, so I don't know. We I, we may still have that discussion when this is over. That that when do you stand up and fight for the truth, right? But I, I think this guy's teaching a principle he learned. Yeah, I don't think he's telling you how your whole life should be and how all of you should be. I think he's saying, "Hey, you're offended too easily. Knock it off. Work on growth." I mean, I think that's what he's saying. Yeah, and, and I I can see that. I guess there's just a part of me that wonders, you know, I'm thinking of it from the the people that maybe we've been categorizing in this conversation as the offenders and saying, hey, at what point in time is, is what they're saying actually the truth? Meaning like, you know, standing up and looking at somebody and saying, you're dead wrong. You're absolutely out of line. And then... Does that make sense? So in other words, and now if you want to take offense at that, fine. But I mean, there's, there is a point in time where it's like, we need to call evil, evil. We need to call lies, lies. We need to call, you know, right. And, and so to me, I guess in some ways I'm talking from the other side. Right. I think that's right. Of, of like the offender. And is it like, well, is, is it always offensive? Is it, it's sometimes it's the truth, you know, but I, I get what you're saying. We need to, we need to take responsibility for what we can take responsibility for, and that is choosing how am I going to respond right. when somebody says whatever they want to say to me or or does whatever they want to do. Um, I think this would be an interesting thing, interesting books to juxtapose against, let's say, uh, Townsend and Cloud's Boundaries book. It'd be interesting to figure out the interplay between the idea of being unoffendable and also having boundaries, you know. Right. But in my mind, boundaries is for somebody, it's going to sound bad, that's, that could be offended or weak or could be taken advantage. I have to protect myself, right? Because I see this as be who you're going to be. I'm going to be smart. I'm not going to let you, you know, stab me or run over me with your car. Or let right. your dog. I'm not going to do that. But I'm not going to walk around taking offense at you and spend a lot of my life responding to you. Right. Because if you're not healthy, I don't want to waste my time. 
this should be the time where I say, you know, this is one of those programs where it can feel very, maybe feel disjointed to you as the listener, probably because maybe it feels disjointed to me um, and maybe to Stephen. But hopefully you're, you're at least hanging with us in the conversation because I think this is maybe how we work some things out, like to learn. Yeah. Because I'm definitely trying to learn here because I, if anything, I realize, yeah, I need to read this book. I, <laughs> I need to press into this a little bit more. I think I get the concept overall. I think you and I are just, have been talking on maybe opposite sides of the well, but equation. And, and, and I think to put your point in perspective, Jesus did confront the Pharisees. Yeah. And he did call out truth and he did assert himself and he pushed against the power leaders and the those that were leading people astray. He called them. He said, you're, you're teaching death where you should be teaching life and you're full of dead men's bones. And you're, he, he yeah. pushed back on those where he needed to push back. And yet he did it without being offended in the sense of like, I mean, we think about Philippians 2, right, where it says Christ, you know, emptied himself, not considering equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. Mm -hmm. In other words, when when these Pharisees are getting it totally wrong, he didn't say, hey, guys, don't you know that I'm God? And, and I mean, I— you're talking against me here, and you're talking. And that would be an offended Jesus. That would be an offended Jesus. Yeah, Instead, yeah. he pointed out truth and was like, he absolutely knew who he was. He didn't have to right. go there. And even know. though they were in high places and all robed up, and everybody thought they were hot stuff, and they thought they were hot stuff, he saw broken humanity. Yeah, right. And he just he would offended right. Jesus would be a Jesus at every turn saying, "Hey." Watch what you just said, because I could call down a whole host of angels here if right. you don't straighten up. You know, I could call down some fire. I could there call, you go. You know, that's right. That's an offended Jesus. There you go. That's it. Yeah. And so when he needed to push against the 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 distorters of truth, he pushed against them. Right. Mm -hmm. When he needed to use the strength of a quiet spirit, he did that too. Right. Mm. Uh. We're all the good Christians. There are none because we're all saved sinners, <laughs> right? So I don't care what you do. I'm going to love you uh, because that's what I'm called to do. I have to love first and, and you know, self to the back, love to the front, yeah. whatever that means. Because I don't think it, because love, loving the Pharisees meant confronting the Pharisees. But that was love. That was not yeah. wounded Jesus, right? So God is never scandalized by sinners. Jesus was not offended by Zacchaeus. We get offended. We're the tax collectors. He's over there. He went over to Zacchaeus' house. He ate. He did he, nothing. Zacchaeus did offended Jesus because they're not even on the same plane. And it's almost like when you get offended by someone, you have just reduced yourself to their playing field, and you're going to play their game on their term. Yeah. When you practice love and response, it's like I'm up in the heavenlies. I don't know what you're doing down in the pit. I'm living, I'm walking with Abba here in the heavenlies, and you can tell me how bad it is. That idea of uh, God never scandalized by sinners, that makes me think of, um, isn't it fascinating that the first person that Jesus openly and explicitly revealed who he was oh. was to a sexually broken Samaritan woman? Yeah. Think about how that how wrong that was on every level through the Pharisees' eyes, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, none of that would have been how they would have 
seen God show up. Oh, that's good. And show himself. Rules don't change anyone's heart ever. Grace does. <laughs> yeah. We're the face of love. And once you get free, you can really love. Letting go is the solution. So I surrender my right to be offended by you, your behavior, your words, what you do. I refuse to give up what I have with my father Mm -hmm. to get to be your overseer and clean you up and change your behaviors. That's the God's job. Um, I'm free to fail because I'm going to, you know, and I'm, I'm free to live well. And I give you permission to be, to, to be a sinner that's been saved because I'm a sinner that's been saved. I'm fallen. You're fallen. You know, that kind of a thing. So, you close. What do you? So, um, yeah. Here's the book, uh, <laughs> "Unoffendable" by Brant Hansen, and um, I, I think this is a good thing to have as an ongoing conversation. Um, I think if if any of our listeners or viewers, if you've got questions or feedback for us, please reach out to yeah. us because I think this is something that is it's very pertinent to the times we're living in right now. Right. I mean, it seems like everybody's on eggshells and everybody is fragile and, um, and, and almost it seems like we are, we are looking for opportunities to be offended. You know what I mean? It's not just something like, Oh, it could possibly happen. It's almost like people are seeking to be offended. And um, let's, let's be different as followers of Jesus Right. Um, and that in the same way, when he was in his most painful hour, still chose to say, forgive, forgive them. Um, let's be those kind of people and see what happens. I think we might be able to. And, and I, I don't mean to be intrusive or uh, inappropriate or personal, but didn't your wife do that for you? Say, oh. okay, God and I are going to be okay. You be whoever you want to be. Because God and I are going to go on and be good. Well, and here's the thing. In that regard, I mean, there was a point at which she drove a stake in the ground when she understood what it meant to truly forgive me mm. for the things. Because think what, what forgiveness is. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely right. laying down that right to be f- offended, yeah, right? Because right. even though you were deeply hurt. Yeah. And um, one of the things that really proved to me that that was a a supernatural act was that um, in the 21 years since we've been back together, she has never once brought up my past against me. Even when we've had arguments, even when we've been angry, you know, she, and so to me, I'm like, that is a testament to what we're talking about here. Um, and, and that's it, a powerful walk with God, right? Because she could be messed up in the head. And I think that's an important says, thing no, for us to I'm say. Going to. As much as as much as we do engage our will in this, mm-hmm. I think it's important that everybody realize that to truly walk this out is has to be the power of the Holy Spirit Amen. producing that in us. Amen. Um, and us in my knowing, flesh, I will be offended all day long. Right. You but know? knowing... That I'm loved and I'm loved and I'm loved. Absolutely. Beyond love, right? It makes no sense, but I'm loved. Knowing that I've been forgiven, I can forgive others. So, Amen. Well, listeners, we want to hear from you and walk with you. So please reach out to us. And thanks again for being with us. And we'll see you back here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio program. God bless. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. 
Visit us online at puresexradio.com.